Hello, everybody. How are you? Hope all is well. Welcome back to another episode of Shot of Philosophy. Here we are once again, Marcus Aurelius's Meditations. This is number 17A in book seven. I think this is really interesting. We talked a little bit, I think a couple episodes ago, about winnowing our thoughts or controlling and guiding our thoughts and kind of uh, separating them out. Marcus encouraging himself to do that. I think here we have an example of that, right? A great quote from Epictetus is that questions are the engines of reason. So when we ask ourselves questions, especially the right questions at the right time, we can really start, I think, developing the habit of winnowing or controlling and separating our thoughts. So this is, I think, a really good example of that. Here's what Marcus is writing to himself. But what are you doing here, perceptions? And that's a question. Get back to where you came from and good riddance. I don't need you. Yes, I know it was only force of habit that brought you. No, I'm not angry with you. Just go away. So he's literally talking to his own perceptions of the world here, trying to separate the good from the bad, the truthful from the untruthful, the helpful from the hurtful. And I think that's a really interesting question, right? What are you doing here? Right? And he's like, I'm not mad. I think that's a great way to end the meditation too, right? Pema Trodrone in her book, The Pocket Pema Trodrone, which I really suggest, talks about making room for all of life's different emotions, right? She's a Zen Buddhist. One of the fundamental, if not the fundamental belief of Buddhism is that life is suffering. So it's here. It's going to happen, right? In prior episodes, we talked about Marcus sort of working to like, let's say, normalize stress or normalize anxiety. And I think that's actually a very powerful move, right? So everyone's anxiety and stress, just for examples, among others, will be different, right? In a similar way, we're all virtuous in different ways. So I'm confident in this thing that you might not be confident in and vice versa, right? So we're all different in these ways, but ultimately I would argue, and I think even just, you know, remarking from Pema Trodrone's perspective and Marcus Aurelius's separated by thousands of years, different schools of philosophy, right? Um, there's remarking in a similar way on the idea that a lot of this stuff is just naturally human, right? So none of us are alone in this. And again, we're unique, and not alone. And I, I don't think those things have to be mutually exclusive, right? So we could all be experiencing anxiety on a, even a, let's say even a daily basis, we could say, right? Um, and that's the thing that's in common, but what we're anxious about or the frequency and intensity of the anxiety will be different between all of us, right? But ultimately, these are naturally human things. So as humans, we form perceptions. As humans, some, if not a lot, will be bad. They will not be truthful. They'll be imaginary in a way that isn't helpful, right? And I think ultimately what we have here is once again an example of the winnowing by posing a question to yourself. And I also love how he's attributing it simply to habit. I know it was only force of habit that brought you, right? And I think this is even psychologically significant, right? Because when we could talk, you know, when we can talk about philosophy, I think we also can at times hear and feel psychology, especially with the Stoics, right? Or some Stoic thinkers. As I know I mentioned, right? Um, cognitive behavioral therapy was largely inspired by Stoicism. So there's, I think there are some really great connections here. And, you know, when you have a, a situation or an event occur in your past, and then you return to it in the wrong types of ways, right? You habituate certain ways of thinking. And I think Marcus here really astutely and intelligently is reminding himself of that. And that to me is cool because it sort of takes the power away from the perception or the thought, right? If you could sort of be honest with yourself and just say, look, this isn't really the thing, right? This is my, this is me. This is my habituated way of perceiving this event. 
that's where the winnowing comes in. We start being able to hopefully separate what is actually there and what we think is there or what we perceive as being there. And that's a powerful distinction, right? I've experienced this myself too. I think the more you work to get to know yourself, right? The more you kind of think about certain important or um, seemingly powerful memories and you start to think a little bit more about why you choose to do the things and think the things and feel the things you do, you kind of see some patterns, right? And that's what Marcus is doing here with this meditations, right? This whole exercise is him ultimately shaping himself. And in a lot of ways, which I think in order to care for ourselves and shape ourselves, we have to know ourselves, right? We can do those things simultaneously, but I think self-knowledge definitely helps self-care, which is what this meditation's I think is. It's a work of self-formation of self-care and self-knowledge, right? So the more you sit down with some ideas, some memories, some questions, right, as he's doing here, like the more you could sort of see, right, right, like this is just a pattern. This is a habit. This isn't me seeing the thing fairly. This is me being influenced by my own psychological, philosophical, let's call them biases just for argument's sake, right? These habits, right? Once we acknowledge them, we, we distinguish between or we can be able to more easily and readily and powerfully distinguish between what's a result of our flawed ways of habituated thinking and seeing and perceiving and what's actually real, right? And it's almost like you could dismiss that other person, right? I put that other, the idea of other person in quotes, right? Or that other voice or that other, the habituated perception, we have to start being able to winnow or differentiate between that and what's going on in the moment and our perceptions in the moment. So in order to do that first, we have to get a grip on some of our patterns. And I think Marcus is doing that here. We don't know what he's writing in response to. That'd be really interesting if we had that, right? <clears throat> but he's questioning his perceptions. He's categorizing them as habituated. That's why you're here. And he's calming himself down. That's the Pema drone element that I really like too. Don't get angry about getting angry. Don't get angry at yourself. But in order to not do that, right? To not get angry, let's say, at the anxious feeling, we have to come to understand the source of the anxiety better, for example, right? Just go away is a calm thing too, I think, right? The idea for him too, and we talked about this specifically with anxiety, was that it's within us or it's within him according to his perception, right, and his writings. So it's something we're going to deal with, Right? It's almost like, and I'm, I've been thinking of bad analogies recently, but it's, it's almost like I just think of soccer first for some reason. It's like, all right, everyone shows up that day for the team. Everyone plays a different position. And let's say the team is like, each team member is really consistent. They're all going to show up. But it's like, all right, how do we pass the ball, right? Who's going to, if, if the ball is like our emotional state, our, our way of being that day, right? We have to get good kind of with the winnowing analogy, right? We have, to, we have to get better at passing the ball and moving it in the direction we want to move it in. And it's okay if at times, let's even say our negative thoughts, or our habituated negative thoughts, that's the other team. They're going to get the ball at some point. That's going to happen, right? But the, the more we habituate better ways of passing the ball, better ways of training our attention, that's kind of the analogy here, right? Better way of making sure we have certain players that are really good, um, have the ball for longer, right? We have a better chance of winning the day, of having a good, positive day. This makes me think of the movie Kicking and Screaming with uh, Will Ferrell. If you haven't seen it, see it. It's awesome. Very funny movie. And they uh, go to a butcher shop to get these Italian kids to play for the team. And their whole strategy is pass the ball to the Italians. And I don't say the word Italian that way, but in the movie, Mike Detka is very funny and he calls them Italians. Uh, get the ball to the Italians. It's a great strategy for soccer and for life. But again, with the metaphor being 
get the ball where it needs to go and understand that sometimes the other team's going to get it. Sometimes even your star player will mess up, right? So if your star player is, I have this, these wonderful things in my life, right? I have, I encountered this idea too this weekend of uh, each day has a rose and a thorn, right? Or, or many roses and many thorns. And we should maybe take time at the end of the day to acknowledge our roses and our thorns for the day. Epictetus would agree 100%. He literally, in uh, Philosophy is a Way of Life by Pierre Hadot, he talks about this. Epictetus literally told his students pretty much the same thing. At the end of the day, how'd you make spiritual progress? How'd you win the day? And also, how'd you fail, right? How could you do better tomorrow? And then make sure you visit your dreams. Think about your dreams, which is to say, go to sleep, right? End that conversation and go to sleep. It's necessary. So that, that's the idea of roses and thorns. Right, taking account of the good things and the bad things, and understanding, as Marcus is here, that life requires both. Requires is a key word there, to go with the Buddhist idea notion that a uh, life is suffering. We want to try to direct our attention by questioning our perceptions as he is, and by having different programmatic or systematic approaches to thinking, acting, and feeling on a daily basis. Right? I think this use of the question is powerful here. This remaining calm in the face of a thought you don't like is great here. And also this idea that, look, we have to know what we habitually have a tendency to do. The team's going to show up. We need habits and we need to be dynamic with those habits. If a player is sick or the team, other team is really good that day, they show up, they're really good, right? We can thrive and we can be okay with losing a game. We can be okay with all of that. We want to always try to show up, keep playing, keep trying to move the ball forward, right? Setting goals too. I think if we want to talk about what it means to lead a good life, I think having a sense of purpose is great. Having a little somewhat of a design for your day, even if the design for the day is I'm not going to design my day. And we make that something deliberate. That that sense of thoughtfulness and deliberation, I think, is helpful. It has us has us creating good conversations in our dialogues for ourselves as Marcus is doing here with this great question. What are you doing here, perceptions? Go back to where you came from, right? So hope this was helpful. Go watch that movie. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you soon.